emotional, and mental pain has a stigma. A stigma that we are trying to break. This can only be done if we all create a conversation. If we all stand up, if we all speak out, and most importantly, if we are all there for each other. Have a chat. Don't wait. I'm your host, Lachlan Island, and this is the Running from the Shadow podcast. From the Shadow Podcast. My name is Lachlan Island, and our first guest on the show, lucky number one, is none other than professional triathlete Travis Coleman. Welcome, Travis. Yeah, cheers. Thanks for having us. No problems, mate. I see you're up here running the uh, Brisbane Half Marathon this morning. How'd it go? Yeah, it's good fun. Um, I was expecting it to be pretty cold, so I had the jumper and trackies ready. Um, had the bag drop ready in case there was a bag drop, and we got down there as soon as we got to the start line. There was like a couple hundred people. The humidity just went. <laughs> Thanks for that. So it's fine to run in singlets and short. Um, but yeah, just hit it out with the Shoeys crew. Um, didn't properly race. It was more of like a, a Sunday jog with mates kind of thing. Uh, we started, the idea was to start at like five minute and work down to about 4.15. It started about 4.30 and finished at about 3.40. So a bit of ego and testosterone got involved there. All the good funs there. Yeah. How did you go with uh, free race nerves? Few free race nerves still, even being a pro? Yeah. Well, there's always the, um, you know, the, the toilet runs and you rock up. And I think it's just the buzz from everyone else. I'm like, oh, I got to run, but... <laughs> Where's the toilet? Gotta make sure you get that okay. But local cafe to the rescue I here today. Yeah, yeah. Thank God for that. I'm running around and um the toilet line was about hundred meters at least long, ten minutes to go before the start. I was like, oh God, like where do I go? I was doing laps around the back of Brizzy. I don't even know this area at all. So I just run around, I was like, oh, there's a cafe. Jumped in, I was like, mate, I need to use the toilet, my race starts in five minutes. And then I was like, yeah, mate, jump, got in there. Came out um, as in coming to the start starting shoot area. He's over the um, announcers, they're like, "Oh, 15 seconds to go." And I'm like, "Oh, shit!" Getting the watch ready and jumped the fence, jumped in, and found the boys. Luckily, <laughs> off your end. Yeah, yeah. So tell us, tell us, tell us a bit about the, the triathlon uh, background, mate. So how long have you been doing triathlons for? Ah, uh, so I've been doing it since um, 2012, I think. Um, started with the local um, Twinny Strike Club. Yes, so I was starting high school about 12 or 13, I think it was. And then dad was like, Oh, there's a triathlon like down the road, but two corners from my house. Let's go do it this Saturday morning. Everyone. What is the triathlon? Like, what's that? And he goes, That's three things. So you swim, you bike, and you run. And I've always been so into all my sport. It's like three sports, one morning. Yeah, let's go. Done. Into it. Yeah. So I was on. Um, like an old mongoose BMX doing his triathlon. And then dad had his cruiser or whatever it was. Absolutely smashed me. I was like, nah, not happening again. And then the next week I got him and then he's just got that one up on me now. The rest is history. Yeah, yeah. Seven yeah. years later, running around with the big boys and uh, <laughs> in the pro field, having a win at uh, Stratty a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. So that was pretty sweet to get that off and finish the main of the season kind of thing. There's a couple of off-season races and then kick back in around October. Yeah. But um yeah, finished straddling and grab that win after 
coming second last time they had that race. I was like, all right, let's see. Come across the line and see the banner, you know, in the front. Just, just getting to hold it up as, yeah. you, as you cross the line. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, well, the nuts and bolts uh, of running from the shadows is talking to elite athletes and, and just more about mental health and what they've been through and, and the struggles it presents each and every day and when it rears, it, rears its heads. And yeah. I know from my own experience, it can be in the middle of a race. Um, I'm not yeah. sure about yourself if you've had it just pop up into the race and you sort of you lose that that inner drive to finish the race. So it's there, but it's not really there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't really had, I've been close to like a give up, like just call it quits kind of thing. Usually that's from an injury or something horrible out of control going wrong. Um, it'd be, yeah, one, I was probably the first time I did King Try. I was like 14. I was like, yeah, I'll just do the full distance Olympic. Like, that's sweet. Just pick the biggest one. Never done it before. Um, ended up having like ITB issues like, as it rubs over the burst of there and just ruining my run. I remember coming off the bike. I'm like, yeah, let's just, let's just run. And then the next lap later, it was just like, couldn't bend my knee. I've gone to dad, like, I'm, I'm out. I can't do it. And I was like, no, nah, there's people like everyone's cheering you on. They're like, come on, champ. I'm like, oh, yeah, radio. And then the next 5Ks took me, that's probably the longest 5Ks of my life. And I'm just going, man, if, if this wasn't, if it was four laps instead of two laps, I would have pulled the pin. But yeah. it was the whole thing of, I think it was like a bit of ego myself. I was like, I can't just get a DNF. I can't not finish. I got to cross this line, I got to get it done. And then maybe the other time was um, Mexico. The heat got to me um, at was it 2016 or 17 World Champs. Um, we're over there, came off the bike in eighth or ninth, and then the heat just struck me down on the run. Um, I collapsed at the 6K mark, and yeah. I only know it was the 6Ks because I fell onto the 6K sign. Yeah. Um, just absolute dazed, everything's dizzy. And then it was a point I was like, all right, do I stop, get medical attention, or do I finish this race? Like, I've just paid to come over here, had all the support behind me. Like, if, if I don't finish, am I letting myself and everyone else down? Or if I can push through this, I mean, hopefully I make it kind of thing, but I'm not. Get to the finish line, then they'll look after me and just completely trust in the medical staff. So the next 4K was just survival. So race doesn't matter. Like your health needs to actually come first sometimes. Um, just plodded along. I couldn't even tell you what the race course looked like. It was like this weird mental state of just empty. Nothing's going on. It's like, that's the finish line. You've got to run here to get there. Just do it. Yeah. Um, cross the line, collapse. Got put in an ice bar. After three minutes, my body temperature was still above 42 degrees. And they were all freaking out. And speaking Spanish, or I think that's what the what, what I language Spanish they say. Yeah. yeah. I had no idea. And then they chucked me on this bed, put like cooling things and space bank on. Um, eventually cooled me down like 20 minutes later. And then as soon as the blood started going back to the muscles, because my organs actually started shutting down, I didn't realize until after. Because they're in so high stress, yeah. everything's like, all right, we need to keep the brain and the heart going. So everything else starts shutting down. Everything else is just shutting down, and um, muscles are breaking down, going into my liver, and all this horrible stuff, and going all these weird colors. And as soon as I started coming back too, 
once the blood and everything got cooled down, started having hectic convulsions. I was just laying on this bed and it was like the typical white light kind of thing. Like I'm just laying there, all these people are like holding me, speaking Spanish, yelling around and I'm just on this bed shaking like no control and just going, what is happening here? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you find like especially like races like that, that pressure you get from not wanting to fail the people that have supported you and yeah. that affects you in, in, in especially races like that where probably it would have been smarter to stop to yeah. preserve your health. Yeah, yeah. But kind of I kind of I tell myself I do good under under pressure. Yeah. I've never been one to really crumble too much. I it's quite a common thing. People go with so much pressure, it just it gets to so many people. Yeah. But I'm lucky in the sense that I'm able to turn that and make it instead of like a weakness, a strength. I'm like, all right, you can't give up. You're running like um, at Kinney a couple of weeks ago. I was in the lead off the bike. I was like, oh, yeah, sweet, we got this. And then um, Kieran Storch came past me and I was like, oh, my crap, I've got to go. And then he's, he's put the hammer down and I was running with him and everything's aching and burning. And I was like, just shut up. Just run, just run, like stuff the body. We're just running, whatever it takes, hold his heels. And if you collapse, you collapse. If you pass out, you pass out. It's like, I got to the stage where I, was, I wanted to quit. I was like, just quit on myself. Yeah. It's, it's so much easier to just go, all right, you, you've done good. Just settle here. This is okay. And then I listened to some YouTube doco and then they were talking about iron mines and stuff like that. And this lady goes, um, first 40K is on you. The last 2K, dedicated to someone else, like a fan, your sponsors, family, friends, anything like that. And it's so much harder to let someone else down than to let yourself. So instead of feeling the pressure of letting everyone down, I've turned that and used it. And like, right, I can't let them down. Let's just pump this out. And then next thing, my mind was stronger than my body. Calf's cramped and boom. I'm just locked up, just about tripped over. Kieran's gone. And I'm like shuffling along, was ready to call it an end. It was about 7K or just over 7K. I think I always caught you at that stage, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> Mate, it was, um, yeah, he got me at 9K. Um, yeah, the third bloke, he's coming back in. Um, yeah, I've turned, I was just like kind of going, all right, I'm cramping, just nurse yourself home. And then I've turned around and be like, hopefully he's not there. Turned around, he's like 20 meters. I've gone, oh, no, it's going to hurt. It's like, like stuff the body. We're just running. Like I'm not coming, I'm not losing first to go to third. Like, yeah, I think we'll be it. Um, pushed it out, turned around the corner at the turnaround, like 500 to go, turn the next turn at 200 and the finish line's like 150 meters. I was like, just hold him off to that finish shoot and you, you won. Like once you get that shoot, shoot, you've already won. And then hold him, hold him, the calf's going like every step, just about collapsing, like running like 330s with a limp and just all mine, no muscle kind of thing. Go to this shoot, everyone's like, yeah. I've done one last look and he's like, five meters away. I'm like, nah. And just sprinted. Somehow the calf didn't tear and luckily held on the second there. Wow, good record result <laughs> there for all that. Yeah. One in five Australians aged between 16 and 85 will experience mental illness throughout their life. Every day, six Australians die from suicide. A further 30 attempt to take their own life. Six? That's not just a number. 
But think of the names of six people you love, you care about. And that's a reality many families face each day, a life without them. A conversation could more than half that number. And that conversation starts here. So how did you develop? Obviously, developing you know, not not everyone's born with mental strength. How did you yeah. uh, come about developing that mental strength throughout training? What did you have periods in your in your life where you were sort of did you second guess yourself and your own mental ability to do things? Yeah. Um, so it all came not from triathlon or sport at all. I think I, I do have this competitive nature to me, which does relate in my sport life so much. But I think most of it's come from every experience I had to go through during um, all of my schooling life. So pretty much from year one, I was getting hassled by two guys who I thought were friends. I'm like, yeah, these are my friends that hang out with me and they're picking on me, calling me names, beating me up. And like, we're like seven is getting picked on. Um, that went on for a couple of years. You've just been just bullied constantly every single day. Um, it stopped for a little bit and then started back the next year. And then I think that of it starting back turned this like aggression thing on in me because I was just so calm. I think that's why I liked it. I'd either snap and react or they'd pick on me because I'd just like, oh, yeah, like kind of fall into my shell and just try and shut everything out. Yeah. Um, and one day I just had enough. And these kids come up, put me in a choke. I'd look and just turn around, just hit him straight in the arm. And it dislocated his shoulder and just hectically bruised it. Well, it's isn't the answer. Everyone yeah. For that. <laughs> yeah. Don't tell your kids to hit anyone, but it's worked in my case. Yeah. So after that, they just stopped picking on me. Yeah. It's like, oh, sweet. Man, this is good. So I already had some bit of a base to deal with kids bullying me and yeah. deal with all that kind of thing that most people go through at school anyway. Um, and then we hit high school and pretty much the same deal. Um, different group of friends, but a couple of my mates who I thought were my friends decided, all right, we're in high school now. Like we've got to be alpha. We've got to show dominance and just this stupid male mentality that we all go through. We all get, we all see. Yeah. Um, they've started using me as an easy kind of target. Um, and that was the real, it's like, I like to use like a rock or a crystal kind of analogy. Like you're this big clump of rock, dirt, sediment, and like underneath is like the crystal kind of thing. It's like you wash that back, you just shed, shed, shed. And then in this case, that was me just picked on, left out, not included in stuff, called names, getting beaten up, just picked on, picked on, picked on, just broke and broke and broke. And this was like from year seven to year nine kind of thing. Um, through that stage, it was like, you're such a vulnerable young, young man, I guess, for myself kind of thing. Yeah. Like hormones are kicking in. Everything's, you got no idea what's happening. Like I'm, I'm getting hair now. And you never talk to your parents cause you're like, oh, what do they, don't yeah. they know anything? Yeah. And it was this weird state of, I can't be seen to be weak. Like if I go to my parents and be like, oh, I'm getting picked on and these kids are mean to me. It's like, that makes me weak or some weird idea that I had. I think a lot of people, a lot of men always have it. I think it's like, you gotta be tough. You gotta be manly. And it was like getting picked on, picked on, picked on. I was like, pretend to be okay with that, but dealing with it. And it honestly broke me down so much to like my core kind of thing. So that was, I don't, I wouldn't say I was had depression, 
but it was more of just like a constant being depressed. Kind of yeah. Thing. Like you hear of cases of um, clinical depression and it's like they're so deep in it and there's never any highs. Whereas I was kind of hanging out with good friends, good times, and then as soon as I get picked on, it was like, mate, you're shit. You're a, so it was like a, a trigger in your head that made you go into that into yeah, that state. Yeah. So I was going to school, I was like, Yeah, cool, another day I go hang out with my friends and then leaving school, I was like dragging my feet, just walking home like life like this is just shit um, and there was a couple times where I was like I literally could not see an end to it I was like year 8 whatever I was like how am I going to finish school not being friends with these couple kids I was like somehow I couldn't see past that one moment I was like they're just picking on me this is never going to stop like I'm going to go all the way through year 12 and leave year 12 just getting picked on like I have to be friends with them I have to just this is like I'm just going to try and deal with this and then got this weird kind of thinking weirdness going on I was like I can't live like that like there is no escape from being picked on by these kids and then kind of brought back like primary school thing was like I was picked on here now I'm picked on here going to work get picked on there and I was like I'm not I don't want that and it came to the point um, where I started thinking about just ending it all like quite a fair bit like um, I'd be like catching the bus home and was like what if I just jump out the window right now? Like, yeah. Does, will that, yeah. see you later. I'll, I don't have to wake up tomorrow. I don't have to deal with any of this stuff that's happening. Um, and then I had a few times like that. A lot of days I'd just go home, shut my door and just cry. I'd be like, just let it out. Um, and then I think the actual state of crying was like, what are you crying for? Like, you meant to be a tough bloke. And I was like, couldn't tell anyone. There's just no escape, no bubble. You're just locked inside your own head. And as that young age trying to deal with that, it's like so much is going on. You don't, you don't even know what you're doing. Yeah, so much trying to process. And then I remember there was one time I was out in the surf, no waves coming through, wasn't having to surf. And I was like, what if I just like tied my legs up around the, around the board right now and just rolled over? Like, I just, I don't have to go to school tomorrow. I don't have to deal with these kids picking on me. Um, so I'd, I'd wound the leg rope up around my legs, tied it to the board, rolled over. There's no swell coming. I was just laying there like so peaceful, just letting the water run me around. I was like, all right, I'm ready. Like, at least I'm going out. I'm happy now. I'm in the water. Next thing, somehow this wave's come, flipped me and just washed me into the shore. And I've gone, all right, well, something's looking after me. Like, I'm not... <laughs> like Christian Catholic, anything like that. But I kind of brought in like a spiritual element to my life kind of thing. I'm like, all right, whatever power there is, whatever, whatever you believe in, has been like, all right, no, you're not ending it now. Um, so that saved me and pretty much established my love for the ocean and surf. I was like, oh, that's my place. Like, right along is where I'm happy that it just flows kind of thing. And then um, the bullying got worse. Um, it was kind of... It went from just two kids to like five kids now because they saw me as an easy target to show other people that they were dominant, like, wait, we're a strong male, we can pick on this kid and whatever like that. And then I remember this one day, I was 
on the ground getting like stomped, kicked, punched, all kind of like sticks and everything, just full beat up. And then um, teachers actually somehow didn't see it. It was during class sport. And I was like just on the ground, just trying to tuck in, not fighting. Because I was all the whole, don't fight. But don't don't fight. retaliate, don't do yeah. this. Yeah, you told all your parents at home, don't, <laughs> don't retaliate. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, so I don't think that was helping. And then so many days and it was kind of the whole stigma of you've got to be strong, assertive male. So I'm coming home and these kids are picking on me. I'm like, I'm, I'm so weak. Like, I can't even stick up with myself. It's calling names. And if you, someone tells you or you tell yourself something enough, you start to believe it. Yeah. It's like you say out loud so many times, oh, shit, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. Eventually, your brain hears that and it's like, all right, we can't do that. We're not trying anymore. Yeah, yeah. So it came to that and just a whole heap of things like, oh, you're a faggot, you're this, you're that. And I was like, what if I can't get chicks? What if I'm going to be happy? What if I can't do this? And then um, I remember standing in the kitchen with, I was like, wow, that's like the biggest thing I can find. Grab this knife out. I'm standing there with it like on my arm as mum's walked in the door. And I don't know if, I've never actually spoken to her about it. I'm like, I don't know if she's seen it or what's going on. She just saw that I was upset or whatever. I'm just standing in the kitchen. And she goes, oh, Travis, that's pumping. Let's go. And then just her excitement of saying that has just gone bang, like out of that mode off surfing and that kind of turned my life around from being in that coming home depressed to coming home go for surf. Yeah, you don't actually have to come home. You don't have to deal with this. You've got an outlet. So then surfing became my outlet, my passion, my passport away from the world. Like all this shit's going on at school and just go to the beach and surf and nothing else matters. Yeah. I'm just in my zone kind of thing. And then from that, the, I started to learn that I'm okay being whatever I am. Like these kids aren't going to tell me what. Like I go surf. I'm I'm out surfing. I'm having a good time. There's other people out there, and it was that knowing there's other people. I was caught in this thing. I was like, oh, I've only got like seven friends. The rest of my life. It's just like you don't see past it at 14. Like your bubble, you don't know yeah. anyone else. Yeah. So then I was like, all right, maybe I actually got to go find new friends at school. You know, it was like a couple hundred kids in grade. Like it was easy done. Um, found new friends. I told them they were picking on me. They started standing up for me. And then just like that, it kind of everything's just changed. Um, and then this one day, um, my, my new friends were out in like a school, their class was doing something else and I was in class with these kids and they were just picking on me, picking on me. And one of them pushed me and the exact same thing and just snapped, just took to that point and just snapped and just, just gave him a good one. And that was it. I was just like, this anger, aggression came over and then hit him and it stopped. Yeah. So I went from, yeah, being bullied all through until late of year nine to being able to finish school without getting picked on again. And it was almost that outlet of aggression. I found that helps me. I can let everything out. I don't have to try and boil it in. Yeah. It was like, you've got your soft release of talking to new friends and you've got all this built up anger and everything I can release. And I was like, what if I release it through surfing? 
So I started, um, joined the board riders club. I was like, I'll get competitive surfer. Nothing like I thought it would be. Like surfing for me was not an aggressive outlet. Going to catch a wave, on to ride how I wanted. And it just built up this anger and anger. And then, um, it was pretty much then I was like, what if I just run? Like just put me on a track and I'll just run until I collapse. And I'm exhausted. Everything's gone and all the anger's out. And that was the moment that my triathlon started kicking up. I was like, I can just let everything out in a race. Like I start here, I finish my swim, I do my bike, I finish my run there and just go let everything out. Everything in life can just be left out in course and just kind of deal with it through that. And I think getting that aggression out, finding my outlet as triathlon in sports helps me deal with that stuff. And then that of being kicked down to literally the dirt of like, you are nothing is it's a humbling experience and it's so heavy to go through but it was almost necessary in my life yeah so now when I'm in my races and I'm like like at um, Byron I had a shocker like I was off the back of the pack just in no man's land like what is the point anymore I was like like just fight just get the aggression out and I think that's now got me through my sport having to deal with shit it's like alright that shit happens in life kind of thing like you got to find your way to deal with it and now if I just hit the fan or it's not going right in the race I'm like why give up like just because you're not going to get top 10 you may come 23rd or whatever you're still a time like instead of giving up and doing like a, a 203 I can fight I'm going to get 12 but I might break the two hour mark and kind of stuff and like fighting that. out a goal within that race versus a podium yeah yeah so it's just a big change of mindset from being like alright I've got nothing I might as well give up to being like there's always something else to aim for kind of thing yeah so almost that in your head becoming from being the best there is on that day to being the best you can be on that day that yeah. mindset and I suppose for everyone in life just always focusing on being the best you can be not being the best person ever yeah yeah it was um I don't know where I heard it it was like a win is beating others a victory is beating yourself mate how good's that like you can win a race it's, it's amazing you can lose a race and you can either go I've lost like this is shit or you go I lost what did I do wrong where can I fix it and then you come back from that loss and it's only really a loss if you didn't learn anything yeah so like for me coming from the shocker at Byron I did this I did that I didn't do this hit strategy bang 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 did almost everything perfect and got the win I was like right so that wasn't actually a loss that was now a victory not a win and strategy's a win yeah kind of thing because what has changed that whole mindset to think to look at look at the mindset and not go what went wrong what can I improve on and change for that that negative thought set which can be hard at the same time it's more of a positive mindset yeah and trying to draw a positive out of it even a bad situation yeah yeah just having such an acceptive adaptive mindset instead of going or even trying to be say you're so negative in a situation (laughs) that's going to be fairly shit but you can always use the negativity in your favor be like right that was shit I'll be honest I had a shocker how can I fix that how can I do better and that helps whereas if even if you're too positive in that situation like oh, that was shit but like this was okay so maybe it wasn't that bad always doesn't always help yeah think. so as long as you're receptive of it you go alright look that kind of was not great 
these are some good, like I did this wrong, that's caused that. Okay, so it wasn't that bad. But as long as you realize you can improve off of this, put it in that basket and send that. And off you go. So what's what's your thoughts? So say I'm at home and and I'm really struggling myself. Like what advice do you have for the people out there that are struggling that don't have that outlet such as sport, um, such as they're not the most aggressive person in the world. I know myself, I go and play footy now. Even even now I feel like I play footy on the weekend because that's my aggressive outlet being attacking yeah. someone. Yeah. But like what's what advice do you have for those those people? Yeah, so if you do have an aggressive outlet or if, even if you don't know you do, you can always like hit your mates up and be like, all right, let's like go boxing or do some outlet that just needs a bit of kind of thing, like aggression outlet. If you hate it, well, then you hate it. You've learned, yeah, all right, maybe I don't have an aggressive outlet nature or anything. I can put that passion to something else. And I think that's what's really helped me in the last couple of years, just going through like, a few injuries and a few relationship struggles kind of thing. I actually found yoga and meditation. I was always like such, I had that aggressive nature to me. I was like, yoga and meditation, that's that's good. I was like, that's just pussy kind of stuff. But yeah, I've been doing it now for like a year and just being able to learn such a calmness and acceptiveness of your own mind, your own body, like I'm here right now in this moment. Like the chances of that is, was it, 7 billion, almost 8 billion people in the world. And you're like, we're here in this one room today. Like that's a one in 8 billion chance of us being here already. Like you're here for a reason. There's a reason to do it. As soon as you become receptive of where you are in life, you're able to turn that and be like, all right, I'm in a shit spot. But maybe this is happening for a reason. Like it may not be what I want, it might be what I need. And as long as you can go, all right, I'm here, I'll feel this, I'll learn from this, what do I need to change to get where I want to be? You can control it, you can relax and go, all right, deal with this fight through this, keep looking towards what you want. And even if you don't have a side of what you want, it's almost like, yeah, say you've just worked shopping, your relationship with your partner shopping, come home, nothing really turns that light bulb on. You're stuck in the dark and you just come home, you're slumped, you've got no outlet. It's almost like you've got nothing there to release on, but doesn't mean you can't build something. Here you go, okay. I'm doing this um, I don't have a passion for sports maybe they're creative maybe they can do art music drawing um, anything like that or maybe they can create things like they can start building weird things work on cars or even if there is no actual physical outlet you go okay I'm dealing with this but would I wish this on someone else like alright I'm having a shocker like, this is just so shit would I wish this upon my best friend or my worst enemy Back. fair chance if it's that bad you're not going to wish it on anyone else it's like alright I've been given this situation to deal with I don't want to put this on anyone else so instead of saying why me why me why not me you're strong enough to deal with this so then even if it's you're going through a struggle um, it may be a big struggle in your life right now but before this struggle what was the biggest struggle in your life before you got through that before that one there was something else that was even bigger you got through that too so it's kind of like you, if you look back you can be like right I've built all these foundations of how to deal with 
shit going wrong. I can now grow on that. And it's like, what if there's someone else that's going on that? And I think it's the biggest part of if you don't have a physical outlet, you're trying to find like more of a mental outlet in talking. Like literally, even if it's to no one, like you've got a pillar. You're a smiley face on it. Just be like, I'm having a shit day. This is happening. Explain yourself to you know, an object or a friend. A friend's the best option. But if there's nothing there, just be like, all right, just talk out loud, talk to yourself. There's nothing wrong with talking to yourself. I've got a funny GoPro clip at home myself doing uh, Russell Quick quotes between two rocks to each other in the middle of a running race because I, I didn't want to be there anymore. I was mentally just I was <laughs> <Yeah>. exhausted. <laughs> And it's yeah. still cra- every time I watch it now, it cracks me up with the smile on my face. Yeah, so you were running with the rocks. Yeah, I was running with the rocks. I just picked them up and started doing, yeah, cross some quick quotes between one and the other. And yeah, yeah. I don't think I look at it now. I just laugh. I'm like, what was I thinking? Yeah. Well, that's kind of exactly it. You find anything to find an outlet, something else to distract you from. Well, not distract you, but to find a bit of peace and a bit of reasoning. Yeah. And it's almost like if there is nothing you can find, then that's so powerful because the one thing, the least you can do is to reach out to someone else. Yeah. yeah. I haven't spoken to you in like five years. Send a message to you instead of just going, hi. Like this so terrible reply you get on Tinder or something like that. Just be like, hey, actually send a message. Be like, hey, man, it's been like five years since we spoke. I'm going through a bit of a tough time. Would you like to meet up, hang out? Or if not, do you know anyone I can talk to kind of thing? And being open and real with someone, just if they're real with themselves, they'll connect and they'll be like, yeah, man, whatever. Come over. I'm free when you are kind of thing. Yeah. Or even if they might be going through their own shit. Oh, maybe there's someone else in this thing. I'm not the only person here. There's other people dealing with other stuff, kind of thing. Having that connection, even though it's not a good thing in your life, you can turn that into a positive guy. I'm going through this, you're going through that. Let's just be there for each other, help each other, and grow and work together to try and deal with it. Yeah, and what about for the wider community? Like, say, for. Me, me or you or mm. someone that's not experienced it, they, they, they feel that someone else might need help. Like, how do you suggest to them to approach that situation? Oh, it's pretty hard. Like, you don't want to come across them to someone and make them feel like it's obvious that they're down and out. Yeah. I mean, some people will be receptive to that. But some people want to hide it. Yeah. It's like, you've got to be receptive of whatever anyone wants. You've got to find out what makes them tick, how they feel, and be like, even if you don't make it obvious and you see somebody's gone from like saying, G'day, how are you? And they're like, yeah, yeah, really good to, yeah, pretty good or yeah, right or not bad or yeah, tough day. But, you know, as you, you kind of can notice that progression. And if someone goes, yeah, just, just dealing with it, one foot in front of the other, it's like, right. That's their way of hiding that they're struggling, but they're being open with it that they're struggling. So you can go, hey man, I'm going down to keep the footy. Do you want to come? And it's kind of, don't just, if they say no, don't just be like, right, mate doesn't want to catch up. Be like, doing this if you want to come and almost be a little bit annoying. If you think someone's not in a good place, just be so persistent. Because I remember when I was there, I didn't want to tell anyone, but I had one friend who was so (laughs) annoying with it. She was like, like, you're kind of looking like you're down and out. I was like, yeah, no, no, it's fine. And after like the 15th time of her asking me, she's like, what is wrong? Like, you're not chirpy anymore. I've just gone, do you have an hour? I was like, 
Here it is. Yeah. She goes, oh, yeah, right. So I wasn't ready for that, but um, let's just go hang out, watch a movie kind of thing. Yeah. So it's just be so persistent. If you honestly think that someone's so down and not in a good spot, just keep hassling them softly until you know they're okay. Yeah. And if they're showing strong feelings they don't want to hang out with you, kind of be open to that and be like, all right, well, I'm here for a message if you want. And then check back in a couple of weeks later, be like, hey man, how's it going? I'm going to this with a couple of mates if you want to come. And if they're like, no, nah, I've got plans, I'm doing something else. It's kind of, it's really hard to know if they're trying to get rid of you or if they're trying to hide in a shell. Yeah. But the best thing you can do is help people reach out. Yeah. Saying things out loud just makes the mind believe it. Yeah. Right. I'm dealing with this now and just promotion just get out there. Yeah, yeah. Sweet. Well, thanks very much for your time today, buddy. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure we'll see each other around around the, the triathlon track. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. We're coming to you, everyone, live here from uh, Black Sheep headquarters at the Woolshed B&E Cafe and Paulie P's custom bike repairs. Um, and we'll be back uh, soon with Jake Mulby, one of your friends. Yeah, yeah. Good mate. Uh, uh, I haven't known him that long, maybe a couple of months. Just a couple of messages here and there and um, yeah, met up for a couple of sessions or tried to meet up for a couple of sessions here and there to go for runs, but absolute legend taking on I'll let him tell his story, but he's going to take on something strong. Yeah. There you go. So tune in next time, guys. <laughs> we'll uh, be ha- having a good old chat to Jake and uh, we'll let to hear more about his uh, impressive story. Thanks, Trevi. Cheers. Thank you. If you don't feel you can talk to your friends or loved ones about your mental health, please find the numbers for helplines in the description below.